Yo, what's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here. You may remember me from shows like Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. I'm here to talk to you at home about Spotify for podcasters. Why are you wasting and struggling with your money on a hosting site to promote your show with limited storages? Forget about it. Let's break this down. If you are a current Anchor user, don't worry about the changes. Everything will be the same with added new features. Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, is a free hosting site and phone app that gives you old and new creation tools, also provides free hosting with access to record, upload videos from podcast episodes, edit, add music to your show, monetize, Q&A questions, polls, distribute your podcast on streaming platforms tracking analytics plus the show's growth audience from international places canada usa international including long island and the five boroughs of new york and much more you can get money from sponsorship with no minimum listenership spotify for podcasters also offers hosting and a way to upload podcast videos to attract listeners also keep track of the number number of streams these are the important keys to making a podcast if you like to create a podcast and be a guest co-host like myself you can download the free spotify for podcasters app on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets apple mac and dell laptops with windows or check out the website for more information to get a head start on your podcast journey at www.podcasters.spotify.com. If I can reach success, so can you. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. I'm G Money Stacks, aka The Greginator. Thank you for listening to me and the podcast. Let's go.
Hey, good evening, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens, including also Canada as well. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greganator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable, independent podcaster, and of course, Queens, New York native, repping Laurelton, Queens, New York. And yes, you are rocking with the 269th episode with me of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Avenue podcast. I know I've been delaying this episode. I do apologize for delaying the future episodes and stuff. Um, I need to work on myself, which I'm not really going to get into deep in here. Um, so. So I hope I'm hoping that everybody's okay from the recent yellow sky from um, Quebec, Canada. What happened was um, there was a yellow sky last week that I seen in terms of um, the wildfire, which I'll probably go in deep into details probably in a future episode but i'm hoping everybody's okay from the air quality and everything else in between so i'm just going to save that as a future topic for a future episode all right i hope y'all had a nice weekend along with everything else in between and and of course let's get into let's get into um the chase of chase of how i'm feeling mentally physically and spiritually shall we all right let's get into it right here right now let's cut to the chase yes and as far as how i'm feeling mentally physically and spiritually yes i've been going through a lot um I've been going through a lot actually. Um, it's 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 pretty dramatic and stuff. Um mentally, um, it's been crazy. Physically and spiritually, I am doing all right. And speaking of mental health check-in, we gotta we have a particular um we have a particular mental health topic to get into right here. And this is called the alien hand syndrome. Let me fill you in on what that is. All right. <clears throat> so an alien hand syndrome, um, short for AHS, is a rare medical condition that was first described in 1908. People with this syndrome lose control of one of their hands. Oh boy. Okay, that's that sounds pretty scary though, man. That sounds pretty scary. Okay, so let me <laughs> let me keep going on here. Um their minds can no longer give the alien hand directions, but it continues to move and perform activities seemingly with a will of its own. These motions are often completely unnecessary or inappropriate at the time and can be terrifying to experience. 
Okay, so versions of alien hand syndrome. Alien hand syndrome is essentially the same thing as alien limb syndrome, whatever that is. Um, the broader name reflects the fact that a similar condition can happen to your legs too. So far, people have only had one limb affected at a time. Damn. There are three main categories of alien hand syndrome based on the part of your brain that's causing the condition. Hold that thought. Okay, this includes the frontal low version. This is the only version reported that affects your right hand. Uh, colossal version, this involves the corpus um, colossum area of your brain. Posterior version, this involves your parietal lobe. Um, hold on, let me see who's here. Oh, shout out to Toxic Coco. What's up with you? What's going on? How you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I see you. Um, okay. How you feeling? How was your weekend and everything? All right, so let's get it, let's get into some more stuff. Alien hand syndrome causes. Um, so hold on. There isn't one universal cause for alien hand syndrome, but it's always caused by some kind of damage to your brain in a way that disrupts your movement and control. Yes, that's the that's the mental health topic that I'm doing right now, though. Um, Toxic Coco, shouts to you for reviewing this. Um, it's crazy. Um, but there's more to the story, so. All right, so there isn't one universal cause for alien hand syndrome, but it's always caused by some kind of damage to your brain in a way that disrupts your movement and control. Usually when someone chooses to start moving their arm, they activate multiple extensive neural networks within their brain. In people with AHS, the areas of activation are more isolated. More research is currently needed on the syndrome and the brain itself. In order to fully, fully explain this condition on a neurological level, um, on a broader level, causes of brain damage that can lead to AHS include um, brain tumors, strokes, aneurysms, brain damage from an injury, a side effect of brain surgery, Perry-Romberg syndrome, oof, um, Kretzfeld-Jacob disease, atypical Parkinson's variants like Cordy, 
corticobasal syndrome, various other neurodegenerative diseases. Wow. Hold on, let's see. All right. Um, keep in mind that this is a very rare side effect of most of these conditions. For example, it's highly unlikely that you'll develop AHS if you have a stroke. But for some specific conditions, the rate can be surprisingly high. Data indicates that it appears in 30% of people with the Parkinson's variant Corticobasso syndrome. It also occurs in 4% of people with Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. In some cases, the condition is idiopathic, meaning that the exact cause remains unknown. Oof. Who gets alien hand syndrome? Anyone can get this syndrome. All it requires is a certain brain injury. Oof. That's scary. This means that the more at risk that you are for certain brain injuries, like a stroke, the more likely it is that you'll develop AHS. Many of the cases are in people over 60 years old, but one case has even been reported in a 13-year-old girl. How is alien hand syndrome um, diagnosed, you ask? Well, because of its rarity, there are only a few handfuls of reported cases in the scientific literature. Some doctors may not be familiar with this condition. When you see a doctor, try to remember the exact actions that your excuse me, your hand has been doing and how it's made you feel. These details will help rule out um, motor-based dysfunction. Your doctor will also need to know your full health history, including all of your medications and the doses you've taken lately. The next step is to look at your brain to try to figure out the underlying cause. Your doctor may order any combination of the following Im imaging procedures, magnetic um, um, resonance imaging, Diffusion ten tensor magnetic re resonance imaging, a more specialized technique that can map water in the white matter of your brain, a computed tomography, yeah, tomography scan, yes. Alien hand syndrome symptoms, okay, so AHS has both physical and psychological effects. In some cases, people have completely disassociated from their hand and no longer recognize it as their as their own can be incredibly disturbing. The exact symptoms of your AHS will depend on which version you've developed. But keep in mind, there can be a substantial overlap between the versions. Interestingly, no one has ever reported any pain from the condition. The symptoms generally attributed to the frontal lobe version include involuntary, involuntary groping, mostly 
of other parts of the uh, other parts of your body and your clothes. Involuntary grasping. This can be any. This can be of any object. Difficulty releasing objects. Hmm. The symptoms are the symptoms that are common in the posterior version includes levitation, where your arm starts rising into the air for no reason, less purposeful movement, like simply waving about psychological struggles. This is the version that most commonly causes people to stop recognizing their hand as their own. The colossal variety is characterized by one, one main symptom, conflict during two-handed tasks. For example, you, you may be internationally buttoning your shirt with your right hand as your alien left immediately undoes your work. Once the condition begins, it can last anywhere between no, anywhere from 30 minutes, the shortest reported case to the rest of your life. <sighs> wow. Alien hand syndrome treatment. Of course, there is no treatment for alien hand syndrome. All techniques to manage it are mostly anecdotal. The techniques that people have tried have attempted to address both the physical and psychological complications caused by AHS. These include Yes, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. This can help people come to terms with the emotional realities of their condition. It helps them to think about their alien hand in new ways, distracting their hand. Some people have found it helpful to occupy the alien hand with simple and non-embarrassing tasks to keep it distracted. This can be as easy as having your out of control hand hold a magazine as you go about your day um there is um visual spatial coaching techniques this strategy attempts to help with your perception of the alien limb in relation to the rest of your body hopefully well enough for you to regain some control. Um, Clonaz Pam. There's one reported case where a 13 year old girl whose right arm was affected by AHS took Clonaz, Clonaz, wait, hold on. Yeah. Clonaz Pam in an attempt to treat her symptoms. It led to a 70% reduction in her symptoms after two days. Unfortunately, the drug did not agree with her, so they had to try another technique. Um, 
botulinum, botulinum toxin injections. Um, the same 13-year-old girl was injected with botulinum toxin in a few areas up and down affected her affected arm. This showed an 80% reduction in her symptoms. This syndrome is so rare that people are still trying to figure out the best way to handle it. If you have this condition, your input is crucial to helping your medical team figure out strategies for your specific symptoms. It doesn't hurt to be creative. In one case, a man was distressed because his hand kept grabbing his body while he slept. He was able to sleep soundly again simply by wearing an oven mitt to bed. <laughs> what? An oven mitt? Oh, wow. Um, Very, 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 very rare. Um, First time I'm hearing this. Okay, so other people feel most comfortable sitting on their alien hand whenever they are in public. This way, they don't need to constantly monitor it for inappropriate activities. Uh, your doctor will also need to treat any of the underlying causes they found. The exact treatment will depend on the cause. A brain tumor, for example, could require surgery. Okay, when you see a doctor, um, when to see a doctor. Because this condition is so bizarre, even terrifying, to experience, you'll likely want to seek medical attention as soon as it starts. This is exactly what you should do. In all likelihood, your AHS is caused by a much more serious underlying medical condition. Not all people with AHS can be helped with immediate medical attention, but in some cases, this step could save your life. Let's see. Um, yeah. So there. That is your mental health topic of alien hand syndrome. Now we go to um now we go to our um now we go to our omni update in regards to the, the machines for the future which probably is not going to happen right away. So let's get into it. And our New York, our New York mass transit files right here. So here it is. Okay, Omni machines. 
Um, so um, this is from the website amny.com. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority plans to roll out brand new Omni vending machines throughout the subway system this summer. But the agency's planned phase planned phase out of the MetroCard is now delayed indefinitely with one, no, excuse me, with the contactless payment project still years away from completion. The OmniCard machine looks a bit like the MetroCard machines. Um, you be ubiquitous at the city's 472 subway stations and has similar functionalities. It dispenses or refills an Omni card of a similar thickness to a credit card compared to the flimsier metric card in exchange for, for a cash or card payment. But the MTA has been rolling out Omni since 2019, and the payment system is already used for about 40% of trips on subways and buses, with high rates of adoptions, adoption on subways, said MTA Construction Chief Jamie Torres Springer at the MTA Board's Capital Program Committee on Monday. Omni machines will be present in every station, but unlike metric cars, Omni doesn't need to be filled at a machine, as users can also use can also just use debit cards or digital wallets on their phones. Tapping on tapping an Omni card will be another option for getting into the transit system. As for the fate of the 30-year-old MetroCard, the MTA most recently intended to phase it out by April 2024, but on Monday, agency brass announced the yellow and blue trooper will remain in service until further notice. That's because Omni, despite having rolled out to every subway station and bus, is still not fully implemented throughout the city's transit system, including those parts run by agencies other than the MTA. We're not setting a drop dead date for pulling back on MetroCars, said MTA Chair General Lever at the Monday meeting. We're going to continue to work with every aspect of New York's transit ridership to make sure it's accepted. It becomes standard and people get it. And they have full they and they have full information. We're not gonna pull the plug on MetroCard any date that we've set at this time.
Hold on, let's see. I am Ducey. Um, thank you for viewing this. So, Omni will finally arrive on the JFK air train in the third quarter of 2023 after the MTA at long last resolved dicey issues with the Port Authority that Torres Springer described as intergovernmental in nature, quickly appending the statement to include technology and software stuff as well. That will finally end the requirement for subway riders um, transferring to the air train to buy a MetroCard with a $1 service fee solely to pay the massive $8.25 fare to get on the airport people mover. Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, um, okay, Omni will come to the Roosevelt Island tr Tramway at the same time after similar disputes were resolved. But there's still plenty of work to do to finish the Omni project and the Metrocar will remain until everything is in working order. Torres Springer said that work will be substantially completed by the end of 2025, which is two years from now. Over two years after the original July 2023 completion date, the cost of implementation has also ballooned by 20% above its original forecast, now projected to reach $772 million. That's $772 million. It's great that Omni Omni is available to so many riders and is being adopted. But I would I would say the completion of the project is at something of a crossroads, said Torres Springer. The budget and schedule are uncertain as we move to fully transition to Omni across the whole MTA portfolio. Some issues have arisen from the sheer length of planning for the transition the mta has been planning the transition to omni for over a decade and since that time methods for contactless payments have changed considerably with digital wallets becoming the prominent 
method of pain for Omni. The agency says somewhat ironically that the quick pace of technological progress is happening. Um, Omni's rollout as developers are constantly facing pressure to integrate newfangled functionality. But, but an even bigger problem may, may be on the Long Island Railroad and Metro North, where, where integration of Omni has taken longer than anyone would have liked, said Taurus Ringer. Lieber said that the issue on the two railroads is one of scope. In other words, the MTA is unsure just how much to integrate Omni into its commuter railroads. What do we want this Omni thing to do for the railroads in an environment where we have a very successful ticketing application that the riders are using? And when we're not using Omni at this time for gating or anything like that in the railroad environment lever asked at the board meeting unlike subways and buses where riders pay with a swap or tap on the LAWR and metro north tickets are still collected and processed by humans who tra- traverse the length of trains punching holes in physical tickets and scanning digital digital ones bought on the train the train time app those employees who who number multiple multiple per train and have union representation could potentially find their jobs made obsolete if tap to pay and fair gates were implemented at railroad stations the agency for the first time is undertaking a holistic review of ways omni could be integrated into the LIRR and Metro North with the hopes of facilitating efficient fare collection, said Taurus Springer. Also of concern is that the main contractor on the project, Cubic, which which also developed the MetroCard, has not provided sufficient resources to manage Omni operations. And in tandem, the MTA has not adequately staffed the project, Torres Springer said. The result is that holders of student MetroCards and fair, 
affairs benefits still cannot use omni nor can those who use access a ride though the agency has a tap to pay pilot on paratransit teed up for the summer Torres Springer said the entire project is being brought under the fold of the NTS construction arm, which he leads, and that a fully retooled project schedule will be released in June. Um, of course, um, for now, the MetroCard lives on. We're already in June right now, so um, let's see. And um, this is crazy, man. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, let's get to all right, let's get to our next. Um, let's get into our next segment right here. This is pertaining to the wild, crazy fun topics of 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 this week okay so let's get into this right here um let's see um let me see let me see let me see <laughs> so um frank ocean cancels Ooh, poor frank ocean man let's get into frank ocean okay and this is from insider yes um forgot to do hold on a second Yes, Frank Ocean. Bad news for Frank Ocean. Yeah, bad news for Frank Ocean. Um, Frank Ocean has canceled his second performance at Coachella, which was originally slated for next Sunday. Ocean headlined the music festival on Sunday, marking his first live show since 2017. The unconventional set left many fans disappointed, especially after it was cut short due to Coachella's midnight curfew. Ocean had arrived nearly an hour later to to the stage than he was scheduled. According to a representative for the blonde singer, Ocean decided to drop out of the, of the lineup for weekend two due to an injury. The representative confirmed to Inside that Ocean suffered two fractures and a, fra and a sprain 
in his left leg, causing a doctor to encourage his Coachella set to be scaled back or scrapped. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's that's terrible, man. Oh, no! Yeah, that part too, man. That part, oh man. Uh, wow. Wow. Okay, um, yeah, that has to really, that has to really um hurt the fans. But you gotta understand, you gotta understand. Um, if a person has an injury and they're not able to do this, you can't fault them for that. You know what I'm saying? You really can't fault them for that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, the rep also said he was unable to perform the intended show last Sunday, but was still intent on performing. And in 72 hours, and the show was reworked out of necessity it was chaotic there was there is some beauty in chaos it isn't what i intended to show but i enjoy being out there and i'll see you soon ocean said in a statement provided he also he also called the performance fucking chaotic while on stage however despite backlash online streams for ocean's music have increased since coachella um billboard reports ocean last released music in 2022 when he dropped the standalone singles dear april and um and kendo he he hasn't released an album since blonde in 2016. wow okay let's hope he gets better though man you know what i mean Let's hope he gets better. Um, all right, so, so, okay. Okay, moving on to, moving on to Tower Banks. Hang on a second. Yes, Tyra Banks. Um, she basically, um, okay, so Tyra Banks is hanging up her ballroom, ballroom outfits and slipping into serious business attire. She's calling the quits at Dancing with the Stars to pursue her passion as an as an entrepreneur. We got the supermodels Thursday on our way out of Whole Foods in Santa Monica when she dropped the bombshell about ending her time at Dancing with the Stars, the show she's hosted since 2020. Um, TB recently launched her Smize and Dream ice cream internationally, but now she's focused on bringing it to the U.S. soon. She says her heart and soul and her soul are in business and has some proof in her shopping cart. 
she showed us the goods she just bought to do some taste testing for future ice cream flavors. Like the woman says, she's dead serious about research and development. Yeah. And of course, Tyra's been a fixture of on TV for years. And um, yeah, fixture on TV, on TV for years from America's Next Top Model to the Tyra Banks show and more. She says she'll work on TV in the future, but it'll be more on the side of producing, not hosting. And of course, congratulations to Tyra Banks on her um, ice cream business. Uh, let's let's um hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make some noise for Tyra Banks, man, for getting into the ice cream business. <laughs> this is got. I'm really curious to see what type of what type of um, flavors of ice cream that she's going to be experimenting. So let's make some noise for Tyra Banks. Okay. Okay. Up next on the agenda, uh, we have. Oh man! Speaking of ice cream, I need to get into this right here. I need to get into this right here, and 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 of course, obviously, in the name of the episode. Um, hold on a second. Obviously, <laughs> this involves. This involves um, what is it? Chicken and waffles, I believe. Yes, that's what it sounds like to me. But <laughs> um, as soon as I get the name, hold on a second, folks. Okay, so literally that I didn't even know about literally I didn't even know about this 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 combo of ice cream with waffles. So this episode is titled You Can't Be Serious Waffles with Ice Cream. And and yes, this is pertaining to Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but anyway, man, and this came out this 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 story came out like maybe maybe three months ago, actually, if you will. And this is from fastfoodpost.com. Baskin Robbins is entering the fried chicken wars with the with the launch of its new chicken and waffles ice cream as the flavor of the month for March 2023. 2023, excuse me. Inspired by the fan 
favorite brunch duo chicken and waffles the march flavor of the month features buttermilk waffle flavored ice cream served atop crispy chicken and flavor and um and waffle flavored bites that are drizzled in a bourbon maple syrup flavor flavored swirl <laughs> um the decadent creation which is described as being sweet savory creamy and crunchy has been carefully crafted to mimic the taste of fried chicken without but without actually including real chicken as part of the recipe in honor of the new flavor baskin robbins uh will be hosting a bottomless branch in new york which which already happened already in new york city um during the bottomless brunch the ice cream chain will offer free unlimited scoops to its new flavor of the month in a limited edition chicken and waffles <laughs> which is crazy uh and of course the location for baskin robbins is located at 1225 first day avenue new york new york while supplies last and of course yes so this um nutritional facts for chicken and waffles ice cream nutritional nutrition facts includes uh 180 180 calories nine grams of fat six grams of saturated fat 120 milligrams of sodium 22 grams of carbs 18 grams of sugar three grams of protein yum <laughs> that just sounds delicious man that just sounds pretty delicious though now i'm not sure if i'm not sure if anybody would actually try this but but you know you you know it's pretty interesting that he actually did this but you know <laughs> um i have to really say this is just kind of crazy and interesting too but you know people would try anything to experiment stuff you know what i'm saying um let's see let me see let me see let me see what else do we have on the agenda today let's see yes j cole let's go to j cole for a sec Let's go to J. Cole for a sec. Um, all right. So J. Cole has opened up about sometimes being jealous of those who lead a normal, a normal life without fame and a strong desire to squeeze the most out of their existence. The Dreamville boss sat down with Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers earlier this week for an an all-encompassing interview for the latest installment of his lead by example podcast oh shit wow i did not know he had a podcast wow okay <laughs> yeah i can check it out on on streaming platforms and wherever you get your podcast that's interesting right there man wow um I'm envious of people who don't have strong desire or strong vision and don't have something he began. They have a peaceful life and an enjoyable life. And it's like, I, I go to work. I like my job. I like my salary. I'm not stupid rich, but, 
I love my family. I come home, life is amazing. And they live their life like that. And I think that is just as valid. End quote. He, he continues on to say, we live in a society and a culture that pushes like a hustle cu- hustle culture to work hard, like boom, boom, boom. I think people could feel guilty and insufficient for not having some great dream to dream. I'm like, no, it's a blessing to be satisfied, to be at peace, to be content with life. Hmm. Um... The 45 minutes sit down with the 45 minutes sit down. Um, here's J. Cole touch on a multitude of topics, including smoking cigarettes at six years old, hoop dreams, and his pillar of success, among other things. While he isn't ready to hang up his mic for good just yet, the North Carolina native has hinted at retirement being on his mind. Earlier this month, Cole joined BTS star J-Hope for an assist on his on-the-street track where the 38-year-old opened the door to walking away from rhyming in the near future. Some days I wonder if I need to pick a different hobby. I'm deep with, I'm deep in with this rapping. It's all a nigga know. I never didn't I never didn't nothing better. It's hard to let to let it go, but like a father watching his daughter walk down the altar with tears in his eyes, you gotta let her grow. He raps. I contemplate if I should wait to hand over hand over the crown and stick around for a bit longer. I got a strange type of hunger the more I eat the more it gets stronger. Wow. That's pretty deep. That's pretty deep though, man. That's pretty deep though, man. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Are you serious? All right. Lead by example. I didn't even know he had that podcast though. But anyway, y'all can check it out on Spotify and wherever you can get your podcast. All right. All right. So um, let's see. What the hell's going on here?
All right. Um, all right. We have. We don't got no more. Um, so let's get to. Let's get to movie Man Cave Popcorn, man, involving James Gunn and the filming of Superman Legacy. Let's get into it right here. Yes, James Gunn. Um, of course, some people basically um, was mad at him for firing Henry Cavill. But in this story, has to do with with the filming of Superman Legacy. Now, I don't know who is cast, who is the new actor to play him. But um, if I hear anything, I'll bring it bring it here in the future. So. Anyway, uh, let's get into it right here in this topic. Um, And this is from motionpictures.org. All right, James Gunn has revealed that his hotly anticipated Superman legacy will begin filming in January 2024, which is next year. In a conversation with Wired, Gunn answered a slew of questions about the future of DC Studios, which he co-heads along with Peter Safran. And the sweeping changes they've made in an effort to create a completely unified DCU. Superman Legacy will be the first feature released from their new DC Studios, which Gunn wrote and will direct. It'll boost a new actor in the role of Clark Kent and a new future for the, the, the character and the studio. Gunn recently announced that Superman Legacy had already begun pre-production. So the January 2024 start date for production. Oh boy. Excuse me on that one. Not mean to do that. I did not mean to do that right there. Um yes. Yes, Gunn recently announced that Superman Legacy has already begun pre-production. So the January 2024 start date for the production means that, as Gunn promised, um, the new DCU will move at a pace conducive to putting the re- the best possible movie together rather than rushing to make predetermined release dates. Although Superman Legacy currently does have a release date pegged for July 11, 2025, which is two years from now, uh, that should be enough time. Um, the idea he and Seferin are 
pursuing is to make sure every new film and series in their unified DCU puts the script first. And then when that's in order, the march toward production begins. It's interesting. It's an interesting time at DC Studios, not just because we're witnessing a major sea change in leadership and the way they are approaching building a new unified universe, but also because there are still three films pending release that were produced before Gunn and Saffron came on board. All right, um, came on a board. Yes, um, wait, um, the first and the one P one people are already extremely enthused about including gun himself is the flash which bows on june 23rd after that there's blue beetle august 18th and aquaman and the lost kingdom december 20th once jason memorial's arthur curry has made his second big splash DC fans will be waiting for Superman Legacy to begin the new the new era of DC Studios. It's been a long time since we've seen Clark Kent in his own movie. Superman Legacy will be the first new standalone Superman film since Zack Snyder's 2013 Man of Steel, which of course starred Henry Cavill, who went on to portray Superman in Batman v Superman Dawn Dawn of Justice, Justice League, and had a brief cameo in Black Adam. Black Adam. Although the gun, although Gun is well known for his offbeat sensibility and love of the oddball superhero, his Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy and the Suicide, the Suicide Squad film as prime examples, Superman Legacy will find him playing it straight. Here's how his code chief peter saffron described superman legacy after he and gun unveiled the first part of their dc studio slate it focuses on superman balancing his kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing he is the embodiment of truth justice and the american way he is kindness his he is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old fashioned. James Gunn, a James Gunn film centered on kindness and a character who, despite being an alien, is also an earnest and soulful young man trying to do good in the world. Yeah, that'll be wild. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so, 
um like i said i'm going to actually find um find out about the the actor that's going to be playing the role of superman and slash clark kent uh if i see anything i'll i'll bring it to you and of course um another james james gunn news and this is pertaining to static um DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn um, recently revealed on social media that he has plans for the character Static and other miles, Milestone Comics characters in his DC universe. Gunn was asked on Twitter whether or not he had anything, any plans for Static. Hold on a second. Yeah, any plans for Static or other Milestone characters in the DCU? B be it animated projects or an Elseworld, Elseworlds movie or series. Gunn didn't reveal uh, much in his response, say, simply saying that he did. Hmm. Okay. Simply that he did. <laughs> Let's take a look here. Um. <laughs> yeah. So Virgil Hawkins, better known as the hero static, is probably the most well-known character to come from Milestone Comics, an imprint of DC that was founded by a collision coalition of African-American artists and writers, including Dwayne, Dwayne, let me get his name. Yeah, Dwayne McDuffie, um, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis and Derek T. Dinkle in an effort to bring more representation of minority stories in, in the world of comics. Since his debut, Static has gone on to become a fan favorite character due, due in part to his adaptation in the hit anime series Static Shock. Other, other classic milestone characters include Icon, a superhero that has similar powers to Superman. Starlight, a character that has electromagnetic radiation flowing through her. Hardware, a genius inventor who develops a robotic exoskeleton for himself. And Rocket, a character who, who gains powers following the Big Bang, which was an event that took place in, a, in the Milestone comics world. Uh, never heard of this, but the DC Universe's first phase called Chapter One Gods and Monsters will feature a multitude of different movies and television shows. A few of the announced projects include Super Superman Legacy, a Batman and Robin focused movie called The Brave and the Bold, a Supergirl movie titled Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, a swamp theme film and multiple TV shows. Okay. Um, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen, actually. Um, yes, remains to be seen. Um, <clears throat> yes, speaking of remains to be seen. There's been some criticism recently involving the live-action Little Mermaid movie. Um, and 
<laughs> I don't know if you could blame him, but anyway. And this is from NPR. The holiday weekend weekend's biggest hit was widely panned by critics, but what does the Little Mermaid's target audience of children have to say about the live-action Disney ad adaptation? Um, the Little Mermaid took in a great big haul at the box office this weekend. It was the fifth highest Memorial Day opening of all time in spite of critics generally crabby reviews. Well, NPR's Tilda Wilson went fishing for other opinions from the movie's target audience. Um, <clears throat> Tilda Wilson byline, there's a lot to love about Disney's live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Maybe it helps to be five years old. Uh, Kalia, who's mom did not give her last name saw the movie in washington dc she listed everything she liked clear um the fishes and the mermaid and the crab <laughs> um let's see um david diggs um the seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake uh, Wilson, critics said the movie was all wet. Kalia would like a word with them. I told them, why are you being mean to the things that I like? <laughs> Diggs, okay. What more is you looking for under the sea? Other young critics found The Little Mermaid to be an effective piece of cinema. Seven-year-old um, Mia... Maya, excuse me, um, 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 Google, um, Googly, Google, hold on, Googly Elmo found this so fish, fish to <laughs> fish to gated. Oh, shit. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Okay, so there was a lot of jump scares. I liked it more than the first Little Mermaid because it looked more real. Um Um Aquafina, of course, obviously, something about you seems different. I can't fight I can't quite figure it out. She got legs. Some people were some people are annoyed that Disney keeps recycling its old intellectual property with versions of the same movie. Eight-year-old Sophia um, Kassar Rubius did, did not care. She had never seen the original um, Little Mermaid. Um, I like how Ariel and she found her match that she loved. Ariel had a boyfriend and it's really cute um Kassar rubius says the little mermaid has it all romance comedy tragedy brings bring tissues i think it's worth watching because you'll get your tears out because it's really sad with an opening weekend that brought in more than a hundred million dollars and dedicated fans like these disney will be crying all the way to the bank Mm, I don't know about all that though. Uh, she got everything. Um, 
Matilda Wilson, NPR News. <laughs> um, Haley Bailey, Holly Bailey, excuse me, um, states, I've got, I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. <laughs> you want, you want thing, thing, uh, my thing of my bobs. <laughs> I got 20, but who cares? But anyway, man, um, I doubt that the Little Mermaid is gonna be making. Um, I doubt that the Little Mermaid is gonna be um making um <laughs> gonna be making billions of dollars in the box office because um in a future episode I'm gonna cover the the animated um Spider Man across the Spider Verse. See how I did, and then there's going to be, and then the week after, and then. And then next week I'll cover how the Transformers movie did. So, so there it is. I'm actually gonna do a little recap of the Fast Ten movie that um came out weeks ago. So, all right. So, Fast Ten, the the installment in Universal's high octane franchise, powered to three hundred twenty million dollars worldwide, including. An uninspired $67.5 million in its domestic debut. It secured the, the second biggest global opening a weekend of the year. Um global opening of the of the yeah, global opening weekend of the year following another universal title. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, um, $377 million. Even though Fast 10 arrived on the high end of projections, the the action adventure saga has been has been experiencing experiencing diminishing returns in North America in terms of opening weekend ticket sales. The tenth chapter landed behind the latest entry, um, 2021's um, F9: The Fast Saga, which kicked off to 70 million dollars, and that was at a time when COVID era restrictions meant only 80% of theaters were open and attendance hadn't yet rebounded. Pre-slandemic fast installments were far bigger in their starts, including 2017's The Fate of the Furious, which made $98 million debut, 2015's Furious 7, um, um, 148 million dollars debut and of course fast and furious 6 97 million dollars debut um let's see let's see yes but the mega budget um franchise has maintained its luster at the worldwide box office, thanks mostly to international audiences. With each new installment, overseas ticket sales have accounted for as much as 75% of its global tally. Fast Fast X needs to continue that trend because the film is the most expensive entry so far, costing a gargantum, 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 three hundred and forty 
million dollars. What a tremendous global debut for this incredible, unique franchise, says Jim Orr, Universal's president of domestic distribution. <laughs> audiences were revved up to see their beloved Fast family back in theaters with all the spectacular action and familial themes that resonate so well across the globe. At the international box office, Fast 10 revved to a mighty, mighty $251.39 million from 84 markets, including China, $78 million, Mexico, $16 million, France, $9.6 million, and Brazil, $9.6 million. <sighs> wow. I mean, wow, that, that that's pretty lit, though, man. <laughs> For a franchise to be making billions of dollars, that's pretty dope, though, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's really that's pretty fucking dope. Um, that's dope right there, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So foreign box office is the series strength, says David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm franchise and entertainment research. These stories of good guys versus bad guys are understood everywhere around the world. This is excellent business for the genre with outstanding international appeal. Directed by Louis um, Leteria. Fast 10 follows Vin Diesel's street racer Dom Toretto and crew as they confront a lethal opponent. In the process, they engage in many death and gravity-defying stunts. Critics and audiences were mixed, were mixed on the film, which landed a B-plus cinema score and holds a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. It helps, though, that there's not a ton of direct competition on the horizon except for Sony's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I will cover. I will cover that in the future episode and to see how it did in the box office. Um, and it already came out already. Um, I'm pretty sure some people already, um, already got a chance to see this. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, for those of you who may not know, um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the sequel to the first one that came out. So I'll cover that in a future episode. So there it is. Um, yes. Elsewhere, a series of hold holders, the hold holders, Hold over, excuse me. <laughs> uh, filled out um, box office charts. In a distant second place, Disney's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 added $32.8 million. And in its third weekend of release, a decline of just 47%. That's an impressive hold for Marvel's superhero adventure in the wake of Fast 10, which appeals 
to a similar demographic of younger males. So far, Volume 3 has collected $267 million domestically and $659 million worldwide. It has ways to go to catch up to the franchise predecessors, Guardians of the Galaxy, $773 million, and two 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, $863 million. The Super Mario Brothers movie took the number three spot with $9.7 million, bringing its North American tally to $549 million. It's still the biggest movie of the year with the with um $1.248 billion. Sheesh! And crossed the Incredibles to $1.2, no, hold on, $1.243 billion to become the third highest grossing animated movie ever. Oof! Book Club, the next chapter, which hardly anybody cares about that shit, um, landed in fourth place with $3 million from 3500 13 venues, a 55% decline from its debut. At the two weeks of release, the the auto the autogeneranian comedy <laughs> has grossed $13.1 million, a soft result given its $20 million budget. <laughs> and of course, the Evil Dead Rise, a supernatural thriller sequel from warner brothers and new line new line rounded out the top five now in its fifth weekend of release the movie added 2.3 million dollars from 2173 theaters to date evil dead rise earned as earned 64 million dollars in north america and 140 million dollars worldwide a solid turnout for a small budget horror film wow that's pretty that's pretty dope and that's pretty interesting on that one <sighs> okay um okay um let's see let's see um where is i All right, um, okay. Now we need to we need to talk about the week. Hold on, we need to talk about the weekend. Yeah, let's talk about the weekend before we can get to Yeah, let's talk about the weekend. And he has a TV series called The Idol. All right, let's get into it right here in TV show checkout segment right here. Yeah, T show checkouts. Um, yeah, T show checkouts, man. Um, I'm gonna save um the criticism of the first episode for a future episode. Actually, I'm not gonna have time to talk about it here. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
<laughs> this shit right here is just crazy though, man. But here's here's the segment right here. TV show tech out. TV show checkouts right here, man. That's what we're going to get into right here. Involving the weekend. Yeah, so let's get into it right here. Okay, so obviously, for those of you that's been living under under a rock, the weekend has a TV show called The Idol. So let's get into it right here. Um, let's get into it right here. Let's get into it. Okay, so this is from Variety. One of the most talked about titles at this year's Cannes Film Festival isn't a movie, but a TV show. The Idol, a scandalous, sexy, and sure-to-be polarizing series, um, course, which is probably different from Euphoria. About the Price of Fame premiered the first two of its five episodes at the festival and instantly inspired a thousand hot takes about all that on screen nudity, bodily fluids, and Hollywood's um, um, cycle fence. But before the idol, the brainchild of Euphoria creator Sam Levison and Abel the Weekend um, Tesfe even made it made its way its way to the to Croix set and Explosive report by Rolling Stone detailed on set turmoil, including allegations of a toxic work environment, last-minute script rewrites, and budgets gone wild. At a Cannes press conference on Tuesday, the day at the day after the premiere, Levinson responded directly to the allegations and denied any behind-the-scenes drama. Huh. Um, what the hell? Anyway, yeah, behind the scenes drama. Um, let me see. Yes, when my wife read me the article, he recalled, I looked at her and I said, I think we're about to have the biggest show of the summer. He continued. We know we're making a show that is provocative. It's not lost on us. But as far as the allegations in the article, he said, it felt completely foreign to me. My only slight grievance is they in intentionally omitted anything that didn't fit their narrative. We've seen, we've seen, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a minute. Yes, we've seen a lot of that recently. Um, 
Tess Fang said earlier in the press conference that he and Leverson were aiming to create something special, something fun to make people laugh and piss some people off. The show star Lily Rose Depp also pushed back against the accusations of chaos and stood by Leverson saying, it's always a little sad and disheartening to see mean false things said about someone you care about. It wasn't reflective at all of my experience. The idol puts the spotlight on Depp who who plays Jocelyn, a pop phenom, coming off a psych, psychotic break after the death of her mother. As she tries to get a new album and tour off the ground, she goes to a seedly, no, excuse me, seedy Hollywood club to blow off steam. That's where she meets the weekend's Tedros, a modern day cult leader who reveals larger ambitions for Jocelyn's career. I wanted to make a mark. I wanted to make it. I wanted to make a dark, twisted fantasy about the music industry. Tess said to make everything I know about it and heighten it. Leverson's clearly no stranger to provocation. Also defended the show's revolutionary use of nudity. A funny scene in the pilot even sends up the need for intimacy coordinators who were introduced to the entertainment industry in the wake of the hashtag MeToo. End quote, we live in a very sexualized world, especially in the States. The influence of pornography is strong in the psyche of young people. We see this in pop music, Levinson said. When you have a character who has a strong sense of self and a strong sexual self, you end up understand, no, excuse me, underestimating her. <clears throat> that called Jocelyn a born and bred uh, performer, so she believes that nudity is important to the genesis of the character that extends to every aspect of her life, not just her professional life, she said. The way she dresses is trying to tell you something all the time. The occasional um, bareness of the character physically mirrors the bareness we got to see emotionally. <laughs> Why does that remind me of 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 swarm uh the the recent topic that i did in in episodes ago <laughs> there was one new scene in the swarm episode with macaulay culkin's brother and i was like okay this is pretty similar to this is pretty similar to um swarm man oh shit <laughs> oh shit oh man <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Hank Azaria, who plays Jocelyn's manager, um, Chain, joked that he became protective of Depp when he when she was scantily dressed on set. I was trying to throw blankets on her, he said. The idol also references in the first episode the media's intense scrutiny of young female music icons like Britney Spears and the trailer heavily features the princess of pops 2007 hit gimme more um Leverson Leverson denied though that Jocelyn is inspired by Spears who 
he calls one of the greatest pop stars of all time. We're not trying to, to tell a story about any particular pop star, he said. We're, we're looking more at how the world perceives pop stars and the pressure it puts on that individual that believes that that believes the great tragedy about the price of fame is that everyday people imagine they know more about celebrities than they actually do something that was interesting about exploring the character is what is going on inside her head someone who is so watched but not seen what does it look like when she unravels that may that may be playing someone who is still figuring it all out but tess Faye portrays a man with a mission he described his character as dracula who is luring luring jocelyn into his orbit he laughed when he was asked by a journalist if he'd ever met someone like Tedros in real life. I don't I don't fucking think so. Levison chimed in. If you had, I don't think you'd be there. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> oh man. And speaking of speaking of craziness, man, there's some craziness going on with some of the fans who basically um found a plot hole in the character's return after 33 years so let's get into it right here um this is this is this is interesting right there man i hate to say this this is crazy oh man um okay so let's get into the simpsons um right let's get into the simpsons All right, so this is from the New York Post. How often have you thought about um, jocks, jocks? The four-fingered um, Lothario tried to steal Marge's heart. <laughs> the French seducer. <laughs> oh, shit. The French seducer <laughs> was was a memorable um character in the season one episode life on the fast lane and he's just made his comeback 33 33 years since he since he last had a line on the long running show um jack Reeves was one of the many one-off characters who have tried to detour either Homer and Mar Homer or Marge away from their marriage vows, but the couple always found their way back to one another, spurning the advances of an an interlope interloper. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh shit! Oh man. Yeah. So there's one person um on Twitter, Ryan Clark says, I don't often catch the newer um the newer 
hashtag the Simpsons episodes, but I watched this one because I heard Jacquees was returning. It was pretty good, but seemingly ignores the old another Simpsons clip show episode unless homer is just stupid forgetful which is a far <laughs> a form a far more like likely explanation <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh man in the 1990 episode um jacques was a bowling instructor who became um besotted with marge who had taken up the sport to Bite Homer after his selfish choice to gift her a bowling ball <laughs> with his name engraved on it <laughs> on her birthday. <laughs> Resentful at her uh, lotish husband, <laughs> Marge is tempted by the, the attentions of someone new but ultimately chooses Homer. In Pingal, which aired over the weekend, Jacques um re returns to coach marge for a bowling tournament and actor albert brooks even comes back to voice the character <laughs> oh boy another person who goes by kevin eaton uh let's watch series the most su substantial part if any of another Simpsons, another simpsons clip show was Marge and Homer sharing their moments of almost affairs with each other. Homer already <laughs> already learned that learned about Jacques. I know there's a flexibility with with Cannon, but come on, the Simpsons team still love the reprisal. <laughs> but it's not his one-time unethical pursuit of a married woman that has fans myth it's that there was a glaring plot hole in the middle of jacques's turn oh my gosh this is crazy oh my gosh i'm sorry but this is this is <laughs> i don't know man the way i see it and every time i watch this episode it looks like this jacques character is actually <laughs> it looks like a cry for help, man. You know what I'm saying? It looks like a cry for help and shit, though, man. But I don't know. But, anyway, I don't know, man. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> this is the craziest thing I ever heard, man. I'm sorry. That part too, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Man, this Jacquees character is so fucking desperate, man. This is the thing I this is the thing about um, certain characters on the on on The Simpsons, right? It's always going to be a joke and a gag, which is what most people go for. But this Jacquees 
this Jacques character, <laughs> a damn seducer who's trying to actually ruin the marriage of 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 um Homer and Marge, which is not cool right there, man. <laughs> this is so fucking crazy though, man, to be honest with you. Um <laughs> oh man. Um, but it's not a yeah, I already read that part right there. <laughs> Fans on social media pointed out that in the new episode, Homer has no idea of Marge and Jacquees's past, which directly clashes with a scene um from the sixth season episode, another another Simpsons clip show. <laughs> in that scene, Homer and Marge are sharing with each other the details of many almost cheating encounters, and it references the incident with Jacques. <laughs> so Homer definitely knows. Yeah, yeah, he knows all right. Of course, if you really dived into the con continuity of the Simpsons, <laughs> you have you have to ask yourself a bunch of other unanswerable, unanswerable questions, such as why none of the characters have aged in 34 years, or how can you fit that many Halloweens into one school year? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. You know, I never thought of I never thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a fictional cat. Listen, folks, it's a fictional character, man. It's a fictional character. It's not a real character, man, for you Simpsons fans out there. It's a fictional character, man. Like, like, relax. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, just relax, man. You know what I'm saying? Just relax. Okay. Now we're gonna go to um some some fun activities to do for the week. I didn't get a chance to do this because I've been like delaying the shit. So um all right, so um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see this shit though, man. Okay, DJ Envy's Drive Your Dreams car show takes place on June 18th, which is Father's Day weekend. All right, which is Father's Day weekend, which takes place in Houston, Texas. Of course, come celebrate Father's Day with us as we bring the biggest car show to houston you don't want to miss this one as we have new exotic cars celebrity cars old school cars and a whole fleet of new releases don't forget we all we have also have we also have carnival rides jumpies face painting gaming trucks and so much more you don't want to miss this get your tickets now five kids and under are free to enter the car to enter your car you can contact dj envy car show at gmail.com send a photo of the vehicle you want to enter to get approval before purchasing a ticket 
um so yeah there you there you have it right there man so so yeah um so you don't so go to um um hold on a sec yeah you can yeah actually actually okay so hold on a second so this is going to take place in houston at nrg park one nrg park houston texas 77054 so there you have it right there man and don't and of course um you can get your tickets let me see what the website is so you can go to events dot event com slash slash dj envy drive your dreams car show houston texas and of course the general mission is 39 dollars um the entry is at 12 p.m vip is 120 dollars car entry is 99 dollars and vendor is one grand wow that sounds pretty fun though man if you really think about it though i say it's better than wasting wasting thousands of dollars on a beyonce concert and i only say that because of how expensive the shit is yes so another fun activity to do for the week is um also i forget to uh oh man anyway um anyway there's some other stuff um some other stuff that i have to oh wait, wait, wait. so let's see there's some stuff to do for the weekend no, not for the weekend, but for the week. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, so here it is. So, so stuff to do for the week. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Right here. Um, what the hell, man? Yeah, of course. Um, let's see. So. Indulge at NYC's night markets. Of course, five open air night markets will pop up around town this this summer from the Bronx to Brooklyn and Manhattan to Queens. There's even a vegan night market joining the roster. Grab some cash and head out to eat locally and deliciously. Yes, that sounds pretty cool, man. Let's check this out, man. This is just for um let's check this out though. Damn. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Hold on. Yeah, uh wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Yes, so of course, uh, vegan night market. Of course, um, Romaine Romaine Com, a vegan night market, is coming to Manhattan. Obviously, the vegan night market popping 
up in Central Park this summer will be the city's first night market celebrating plant-powered eats. You'll get the chance to taste vegan um, foods from a variety of local vendors while listening to live music in a crowd of like-minded folks. Whether you are a seasoned vegan or curious about trying some plant-based meals, all are welcome. Of course, you can find the vegan the vegan night market at Walman Rink in Central Park from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. every Tuesday from June 6th to October 10th. It's free to enter. The market is hosted by MHG Events, which also runs the Uptown Brooklyn and Bronx night markets. Okay. So there you have it right there. And yes, um, other dates include July 13th, August 10th, September 14th, and October 12th. Yes, so Uptown Night Market, of course, Massive Foodie Fest at Uptown Night Market is back in Harlem running monthly into the fall. Expect more than 60 food, beverage, and merch vendors focusing on a majority of local minority-owned businesses. The free-to-attend outdoor event series runs on the second Thursday of the month through October. That's June 8th, July 13th, August 10th, September 14th, and October 12th. Find the all-ages event at 133rd and 12th Avenue in West Harlem. Food options available to purchase include Perro's local locals um, gourmet, Mexican style hot dogs, tacos El, El Giro, Giro's um, traditional taco flavors, uh, patak by Ra- Rach's sweet, salty, and sour Filipino essence. Treat yourself jerks, spicy offerings, nadas, take on Colombian empanadas, which I had for the first time. Pretty good. Uh, La Brazes, um popular um, shish, shish kebabs and La Vittoria's fun pineapple dishes. Hmm, interesting. And then there's Brooklyn Night Market. In its first year, the Brooklyn Night Market quickly grew um, a devout following attracting thousands to industry city for an open air food and drink festival. The market is back for 2023 on the last Monday of each month from May to October and is bigger than ever. Dine around with an extensive selection of cuisines from around the world as well as live music and other activities the event strives to celebrate the diverse food and vibrant culture in new york city this the in in the market's second season expect more than 50 vendors producing dishes and libations (laughs) from all corners of the world vendors include peros locals Tacos, El Giro, Down East, um, Lobster, uh, Rostasi, Sassy's Fish Cakes, Nada's Colombian Rainbow Empanadas, Hangry Dog, <laughs> um, Brooklyn Dim Sum, um, 
Brooklyn Dame Sun Company, Twisted Potato <laughs> Incorporated, Patak by Rach LLC, Rosie's Empanadas, Pinche Vegana, and lots more. And this the market runs from 4 to 10 p.m., um, which started already May 29th. June 20, if you missed the May 29th event, don't worry. There's other dates. Um, there's June 26th, July 31st, and of course, August 28th, along with September 25th and October 30th, which is the week, probably the week of Halloween, but you know. And of course, the Bronx Night Market. This open air food centric market features um, Bronx based vendors serving up tacos lobsters empanadas burgers soul food chocolates and lots more in addition to all of the delicious provisions the market offers nifty nifty wares from local artisans and live music performances from bronx musicians the fun happens at fordham plaza on the last saturday of each month from may through october from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Here are the dates in case you missed um the date in May, which already started May 27th. You have June 24th, July 29th, August 26th, September 30th, and October 28th. So there you have it right there, man. There you have it right there. Um Brooklyn. So there you have it right there. Oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. So the Queen's Night Market, it's hard to get good food on the cheap, but for seven years, Queen's Night Market has prided itself on offering the, the city's best eats for just five to six dollars. Oh boy. So let's see. Um, yeah, so the foodie festival runs on Saturday nights through the summer at the New York Hall of Science in Flushing Meadows Corona Park, which is in Queens. Uh, the, there will also be other items, other items sell besides food, including vintage, vintage apparel, hemp, hand poured candles travel photography crochet toys stationery small batch soap hannah vintage um, brooches international handcrafts nyc themed apparel gourmet dog treats handmade jewelry ceramics and local art in its existence the market has attracted over two million visit visitors helped launch 350 new businesses in New York and represented more than 90 countries through its vendors and their food. In 2022, the event averaged over 15,000 um, attendees each Saturday night. So there you have it right there, folks. Some fun stuff to do for the week. Let me see if there's any more that I can actually um, add in. Let me see if I can find some stuff to add in, actually. 
Um, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so if you if you are in an, if you are in the New York area and you are looking for some fun, some fun stuff to do, that's why I actually provide this. Um, so check out cool photos at this photography festival. So Photoville, a Brooklyn-based nonprofit sharing artistic photography free or charge will be returning for its 12th year in the city. Photoville NYC 2023 will start on Saturday, June 3rd, already started already, and run through Sunday, June 18th with over 80 exhibits across the five boroughs. Originally in Brooklyn Bridge Park, the festival expanded in 2020, allowing New Yorkers in various neighborhoods enjoy public art during a time of isolation. This year's Photoville will have an HQ in Brooklyn Bridge Park with free open air exhibitions and shipping container galleries in Photoville Village at the recently opened Amelie Warren uh, Roebling Plaza. And of course, for a full list of locations and represented photographers, you can visit uh, photo. You can visit the website photoville.nyc. And for those of you who may not know, um, I pick up cool, fun activities to do from the Timeout website, and of course, um, for for states like um, Chicago, Illinois, there's there's um, Los Angeles, California, there's New York, um, you just name it. All right, so all right, um, so where's this? Where's this? Where's this? where's this? Um, Yes. Yes. Um, I'm gonna leave the rest. Uh, I'm gonna leave the rest though. Hold on a second. Yeah. I'm gonna leave the rest though. Anyway. Anyway, man. Um. Yeah. Let's leave the rest right here. All right. All right. Um, all right. We're going to go into our last segment. I'm going to leave the rest of the fun places for um, for episode 260. No, episode 272 coming up. So I'll leave that there. And um, yeah, so this is Stream Choices on the go, man. Let's Let's get into it. Let's do this, man. For real, for real, man. For real, for real. Let's do this. All right. Of course, if you love what you heard in today's episode and as far as fun activities to do for the week, um, I will be bringing back, I will be bringing back the, the particular one segment that I haven't that I haven't um, used in a long time. I just had to do a little, a, a little, um, a little update on one of the segments, which is remains to be seen. And originally, it was supposed to be for um, updates on particular stories, but um, because 
but because I wanted to actually provide fun activities to do for the what is for the week or the weekend. Um, I wanted to dedicate um, remains to be seen as um, a way to provide you with a relief of some fun activities to do for the week and the weekends and everything else in between and all that great stuff right there. And in the future, I will be providing some fun activities relating to Hip Hop 50, relating to Hip Hop 50, um, which is the 50th, um, 50th birthday of the music genre, um, well, popular music genre of hip hop. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, so stay tuned for that. And um, yeah. And yes, you love what you heard in today's episode and fun activities to do for the week and weekends. Um, of course, you can follow the show. Make sure you follow Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Of course, obviously, um, yes, it's the username is still the same. I'm going to keep it that way. So, yes, yeah, so. It's still the same show, so I just added an, a, a word to it. So it's still the same show. So um, don't get alarmed about the confusion. All right. Um, so yes. So yes, off the meat rat chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, alongside with my sports podcast platform, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, which is what TLKS stands for, and meticulous vibe juice podcast i will try my best to actually record one of the episodes either either um probably not today but probably tomorrow when i get it when i get a chance tomorrow when i get a chance we'll see what happens so anyway we'll see what happens um and uh you can also follow your homie right here on the gram as well, which is G Money Stacks Triple Five in Queens, New York. All right, so, um, and and of course, and of course, um, turn on your notifications so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. Um, I will be dropping episode two sixty nine on Friday. Um. And the rest would be the rest would be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week. So, I'm so I do apologize for the long delay, but you know, just know that I had to work on myself. You feel what I'm saying? I mean, I had to work on myself anyway, so it it is what it is. So, um, yes, turn on your notifications, and of course, go to the link in bio. Uh, where it says Linktree slash um, G Money G Money Stacks Triple Five, you're gonna see a whole list of auto streaming platforms, including um, visual videos and all that other great stuff right there. So don't you worry. And um, we're gonna start with Audacity. Yes, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music. Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, 
Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Hound, Pod Opolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser, Podcast Guru, Podvine, Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. You don't need a credit card to download iHeartRadio or any of the apps that I just mentioned. All right. So be sure to subscribe to all the stream platforms that I just mentioned, including iHeartRadio, and also follow also follow this podcast right here, the New York Avenue Podcast, my New York Avenue Podcast, and alongside with um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, the Sports Edition Show, and along with um, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, review show and finally last but not least make sure you go ahead and grab that subscribe button on the youtube channel pages which includes meticulous vajus podcast excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports youtube channel page and along with g money stacks triple five where you see all the new york new york where you see all the new york episodes already there and everything else in between um yeah everything in between of course click on the grab the grab the subscribe button click on the naughty naughty bell along with the along with the um notifications um alerts so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream. Of course, stay tuned for more of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Listen, stream, watch these episodes in case you miss any of them. And of course, um, what else? Um, yes, be sure to um, share the episodes and share the videos and download these. Download the episodes as well all right and um and and of course um tell a friend to another friend and spread the word word of mouth is important um be sure to be sure to actually uh you know yes so if you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, don't worry. So be sure to um, stay tuned for more of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and of course, everything else in between. And of course, be sure to share the link that says Linktree slash G Money Stacks Triple Five, along with the list of audio streaming platforms, including YouTube, that's already on there with the podcast included with your husbands your wives your boyfriends girlfriends um your friends the people you are cool with from work and everywhere else <clears throat> where you meet people where there's barbecues bar um barbecues um 
birthday parties, block parties, and everywhere and everywhere else. All right. All right. So um yes, yeah, so I'm your man G Money Stacks, aka the Greg and Thank you very much for tuning in and rock with me on episode 269. I appreciate every single one of you for um for taking the time to actually um you know check out the episodes. You could have listened to any podcast show in the whole world, but you chose to listen to this New York Avenue podcast. All right. And um yeah, so um, as I said before, um, the episode title is You Can't Be Serious uh, Waffles with Ice Cream, which is dedicated to Baskin Robbins ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me see who just got in here. This is um, Wasi Reed um, Nut Boy. And of course, um, yeah, I uh, appreciate the follow. And um, yes, yeah, so so that's that's gonna be it. Remember, the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. If you want something, you you have to you have to work hard and earn it. And of course, find your voice, be yourself, stay liquid. Um, be true to who you are <clears throat> as an individual. And also, I want you to remember, you don't need people. You don't necessarily need people to validate you, man. You have to validate yourself. For real, though, you have to validate yourself. And I and and, and I actually was talking to somebody about this, too, man. Not, you don't, <laughs> listen. You don't necessarily need to be asking for permission for validation, man. You really don't. You really don't. Because I had to keep this in mind. I had to keep this in mind um, for what Ivy Rivera was talking about on Power 105.1. You don't need people to validate you, but you, you know what I'm saying? And that that's pretty much what I took from that quote, man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yes. So, <laughs> so, you know, you know what? Fuck the haters, okay? You know, find something, look for something that clicks to you, that makes you happy, that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. All right. And of course, I hope y'all had a nice weekend i hope y'all were okay from the smoke that was in the air coming from quebec canada and and of course i hope y'all um enjoyed the fun activity tips that i gave you i will be bringing back this segment remains to be seen so stay tuned for that that segment is going to be dedicated to the fun activities to do for the weekend and of course the week as well so with that being said um be careful be, be careful out there be you you don't need to be anybody else but you
So, you know what I'm saying? So, peace and one love. I hope y'all enjoy yourselves. And, of course, summer's around the corner. I hope y'all have your air conditioners ready, um, plugged in, or whether you have central air, whatever it may be, man, as long as it's helping you cool off as well as as well as trying to you know be be comfortable not worrying about the humidity and all the other great stuff right there so so please be safe out there man you know what i'm saying take it easy be easy um stay liquid and everything else in between I'm out of here. Peace and one love. Enjoy the rest of your week. And nighty night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio stream choices to your friends.
The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.